You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. Any time that I get to the point, whether it be with a client or with somebody who is going through the online program, or, or somebody who is going through my online free training packages that I do from time to time, you may have come across some of them. When any of these people get to the point where I tell them that you can set your mind to achieve anything you want, what you really, really want, your heart's desire, when they get to that point, they're always in a mad rush to start writing down what they want as if they already have it. Now, I've actually said something there that has a deep meaning to it. It's something we're going to have to tease apart. But deliberately, I'm not going to do it in this episode, and I'll explain why in just a moment. One other little caveat before we get into this. What I've just said in relation to writing down what you want as if you already have it might suggest that there is something magical or as one of my friends one of my clients in tucson arizona says something woo woo about handwriting down what you want as if you already have it and, and like magic it comes to pass obviously that's not the way the world works it's not the way the universe works we all know from our previous conversations that we get what we want out of life by doing what we need to do to get to where we want to go. So that caveat is very important because I'm not absolving you or anybody else of the need to take action. Now, as we've said before, taking action is utterly different from reacting. When we are in our normal state of mind, when we are operating in the way in which our brain evolved in evolutionary times, when we are operating on automatic pilot, we never act. We never, ever, ever take real action. What we do is react. And as we've said before, but it bears repeating, we don't even react to what's going on. We react to what we think about what we think is going on. There we are, two or three steps removed from reality. Whereas, really, we can only live our lives when we're in touch with reality. And as we've said before, the only place in time that you will touch reality, feel reality, see reality, hear reality, smell or taste reality, is when you see, feel, hear, smell and taste what is before your very eyes and ears and nose, obviously. All right, let's get back to what I was saying a minute ago. Every time I get to the point, and it can be quite quickly, by the way, in some of the online presentations that I've done in the last couple of months to uh, international conferences, for example, an international conference in relation to the prevention of cardiac disease, a, a preventative medical symposium. Or, or indeed, I, I did uh, an international conference on Zoom a couple of weeks ago for accountants. How exciting is that? I, I know the answer to that, by the way, being originally an accountant myself. On the other hand, as I said to them, and I'll repeat it to you, once an accountant, always an accountant. 
I'm sure there are treatments. Sorry, I'm sure I've even tried some of them. But once you're an accountant, the joy of balancing your books never goes away. Okay, that is a complete and utter aside. Let's get back to the key thing that I want to talk about in this particular episode. When we get to the point that I tell somebody, if you set your mind in a particular way, you can have your heart's desires, the life that you'd really love. People get into a mad rush to start writing stuff down. I have had emails from people who have only gone halfway through a two-hour training session saying, should I write this, should I write that, or worse, I've written something down already. And I'll tell you exactly what I mean by worse. When we handwrite in a certain way, and as I said, we'll come back to that in another episode, the subconscious mind takes a new psychological snapshot. It takes on board a new expectation. And as we've said before, all the way back in the 1930s, psychology knew that we only perceive and achieve what we expect to perceive and achieve. And therefore, if you expect something different, something different will happen as surely as night follows day. So when you handwrite something in a particular way, you give your subconscious mind a new expectation. And interestingly enough, modern neuroscience has demonstrated beautifully what that does to the mind and how the mind clicks into gear to bring it about. So if you go off and rush to put pen to paper, you may, and you probably will, be giving your subconscious mind an expectation that probably isn't what you want. This is your life we're talking about. You don't go rushing in any rash way into moving your life in a particular direction. Actually, that's what happens in ordinary everyday life when we react automatically in the way we discussed a couple of minutes ago. You move your life in a direction that if you stopped to actually reflect upon it, that isn't the direction you want your life to go at all. We've talked before about reacting to what we think about what we think is going on and making what we think is going on even worse than it was in the first place. That's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. Rash action or rash reaction, rash decisions. No, we want to take things gently and slowly for a whole variety of reasons. The first one is absolutely obvious. And that is that if you think about it, and I've used the word think here instead of reflect. If you think about it, you have no idea what you actually want. You think you know what you think you want. And you see, if you are somebody who has only come to this fresh, so say you're only an hour into an online training, so you've come to it fresh after, say, three or four decades of using your mind in an ordinary way, of thinking in a thought-programmed way, of repetitively thinking in loops, of using your mind in the way in which evolution designed it, which ensures that you don't live your life, you just exist from one day to the next. So if you've come to this training, say any of my training, and you're an hour into it, and you have 40 years of thinking normally, how in God's name would you have any idea what you really really want. And if you go and think about it, because you've been thinking in a particular way for 40 years, there is no way on this earth 
that you will think your way to an understanding of what you really, really want. You'll only think your way to an understanding of what normal people think is happiness and success. Or if I can put it another way, conventional wisdom. Now, if you consider everything we've talked about in this podcast series, you will know that those two words do not go together. They're a bit like common sense. There's no such thing as common sense. There's a lot of common nonsense, but there's no such thing as common sense. There is no such thing as wisdom that comes from a conventional way of thinking, because a conventional way of thinking is automated. It comprises of ruminative pre-programmed thought that goes around in a loop from one day to the next. How could you get wise constantly revisiting your own personal Groundhog Day? And as I've said to people in the past, you know, most people get older. They don't get older and wiser, they just get older. Because the longer you move away from the time in your life when your innate state of mind was to be present in the here and now when you were young and impressionable, the further you move away from that, you're going to get deeper and deeper into the world of repetitive thought. So if you've 30 or 40 years of repetitive normal thinking under your belt, you haven't a clue what you actually want. Most normally minded people will start thinking that what they normally want should conform to a set of norms. Now, you'll know from these episodes in this podcast series that the word norm and the word normal, they're bad words because they describe a state of mind that has nothing to do with living, it only has to do with survival. Nothing to do with living the kind of life that you'd really love, just ensuring that you make it from one day to the next. That's how the normal mind works. With that as a starting point, you have no chance of understanding what you really want. So you'll start by not only using normal thinking, you'll start with normal comparative thinking. I want what she wants because she looks successful to me and other people think she's successful too. I want what they have because everybody agrees they look on the face of it happy and successful. In other words, we start with an understanding, or a lack of understanding, of what we want based on what other people have and what we think most people would agree looks like happiness and success. That's a recipe for going in the wrong direction, pure and simple. The second thing that people often say to me is, well, I'll take some time to figure out what I want. What do you think that phrase, figuring out, actually means? I'm going off to think it through. And so we are back into the rut of normal thought. So the very first thing you need to understand when you begin to understand that you can set your mind in a particular way that changes the subconscious mind's expectations, which changes how you perceive and what you achieve, the first thing you need to understand is you need to take this really really slowly. That is the first point. You don't rush to put pen to paper. You don't rush to put anything in writing. It'll come back to bite you. As one one of my clients said to me many years ago, who did go off in a rush, 
having got what he thought he wanted to achieve, he told me that he had wasted three or four years of his life climbing the wrong mountain, only to realise that he didn't like the view and that he had climbed the wrong mountain. We don't know what we want. We couldn't, as normally minded people, know what we want. We only think we know what we think we want. The second reason why we shouldn't rush off into print, so to speak, is that as our minds clear, and we know how to do that, it's, it's through regular meditation, and I, I use the, the phrase clear uh, in the colloquial way, in other words, that our minds do become clearer and clearer. But from a neurological point of view, what that actually means is that as our minds restructure themselves to operate in a different and present and clear and focused way, as our minds clear, what we really, really want gradually becomes clear. As the fog of thought begins to lift, so we can see further and we can begin to understand the horizons in the direction of which we would love to travel. Essentially what I'm saying to you is that we all, myself included, I've done it, we all need to put in some spade work first before we rush into anything in relation to our goals and objectives. We all need to ensure that we give ourselves the time to settle our minds and allow our minds to clear so that our understanding of what we really want, our gut instinct, comes to the fore. When we're confronted by a crisis, we know what our gut instinct wants. We know for sure. It's hardwired into us. We want to survive. When we are confronted by a particular challenge, when we feel threatened, for example, we know what we want. Our gut instinct knows. We don't have to think about any of that. Our gut instinct not only knows, it knows what we need to do to get what we want in situations like that. So let's use that as a model or a template for how we should allow our minds present us with an emerging picture of what we really, really want, the life we'd love. Or let me put it another way, what is best for us? Because what is best for us is often a million miles removed from what we think we want. And the one thing I can be sure about in telling you now is that what is best for us cannot be imagined by the normal mind using normal thinking. So the first key point I want to get across in today's episode is we need to take our time. We're not in a rush, and by that I do not mean that we can procrastinate for the next X number of weeks, months or years until we kind of come to some vague conclusion. Because procrastination is actually a function of thinking too. I'll think about it. I'll analyse it. I'll analyse it a bit more. I'll think about it a bit more. I'll put it off to tomorrow. Why would I do today what I can put off to tomorrow? Because we're very good at procrastinating too. And an awful lot of my clients have come to me over the years and said to me, I, I, I'm world champion at procrastination. 
Now I need to point out that there is a very fine line between procrastination and allowing what is inside emerge. But you'll know the difference for the simple reason that procrastination involves effort, it involves thought, it involves frustration, it involves annoyance, and ultimately it involves guilt, because you feel guilty for frustrating yourself and annoying yourself and not doing something. So procrastination, even though there's a fine line between that and allowing what is inside emerge, you'll know the difference. Now the other point I would mention is that people often get impatient. And the old adage that patience is a virtue stands the test of time on this one. Because again, with a little patience, with a little work, and by that I mean a little regular meditation, what is inside, what your gut instinct knows is best for you, will simply begin to emerge. What do I mean by begin to emerge? Well, I, I have a friend, a professor of psychology in the UK, who says that these things emerge in a BBT way. When I'm riding on the top of a bus, that's the first B. When I'm sitting in the bath, or the third one, the T, is when I'm sitting on the toilet. In other words, when you're not thinking about pretty much anything, and because you're not thinking about pretty much anything, what's inside begins to emerge. Clients often tell me that, ah, a penny has dropped. Indeed, I was on a Zoom call a couple of hours ago, which was scheduled to last for an hour, and after 25 minutes, my client said to me, I have to go. A penny has just dropped, and I need to write something down. Other people tell me that something has occurred to them. Very often people will be out for a walk, thinking about nothing in particular. Or people will be sitting, watching the sun go down, and something occurs to them. There is an enormous difference between something occurring to you, or a penny dropping, on the one hand, and you struggling to think things through. And again, you'll know the difference. Clients often say to me, oh, hold on, you're talking about something that sounds very similar to thinking here. You know, I could go for a walk and thoughts could kind of amble into my head. And some of those thoughts could be the kind of pennies dropping that you're talking about. How, and this is a question I get frequently, how will I know the difference between the rubbish thoughts and these aha moments? And my answer always is, you'll just know. And it goes back to the point that I made a minute ago about knowing the difference between something arising from your gut, nice and slowly, on the one hand, and procrastination on the other hand. We talked about procrastination in terms of annoyance, frustration and guilt. In terms of the normal rubbish thoughts that come into your head, they are thoughts that lead to distraction. Very often a train of thought that takes you down a line of thinking that leads to worry, or again off into anxiety or frustration, or all that bad stuff. Whereas an aha moment is literally, that's another phrase that I keep hearing all the time, it's like a light bulb going off. It is simply something that occurs to you that is so out of the ordinary that you know in your heart and soul that it is a different quality of understanding to the rubbish that is produced by our normal way of looped thinking. 
So, actually what I'm saying is, number one, you need to meditate regularly because meditating regularly will clear your mind, will restructure the subcortical brain. The clearer your mind becomes, the clearer your understanding of what you really, really want. But as well as that, you need to give yourself the space and time to allow yourself to have those light bulb moments, to allow the penny to drop, to allow something to occur to you. You need to give yourself that space and time. And again, I need to mention to you that word patience, because people often get impatient. Indeed, very often I am contacted by people who say, I've given myself that space and time. I went for a long walk yesterday, or I sat watching the river for 30 minutes or an hour yesterday, and nothing occurred to me. And the point is, more often than not, when they're sitting by the river, what are they waiting for? They're waiting for something to occur to them. Things occur to us when we're not waiting for them to occur. Things occur to us when we are not seeking. You do not seek here because what you're looking for will present itself to you. You don't seek, you will find. And you won't find outside you find inside. Everything that you need in terms of living the life of your dreams, living the kind of life you'd love, understanding the kind of life that might be, understanding the kind of experiences you would love to have more of in your life. All that understanding comes from inside. It doesn't come from outside. Happiness doesn't come from outside. Joy doesn't come from outside. Happiness and joy and all that good stuff comes from the inside out. You need to allow this stuff come from the inside out. There's another form of thinking that gets in our way as well, and that is what I would describe as the how-to form of thinking. Because people will often say to themselves, well, hold on, I'm now beginning to get a sense of the kind of life I'd love to have, or the kind of things that are important to me are the kind of experiences I want to have out of life. And I'm beginning to say to myself, oh, this is what I really want. And immediately, thought jumps into my head that says, but how could you get that? What would you need to do to get that? I was talking to a client a couple of weeks ago. It was our first conversation. This particular girl is a project manager in a large manufacturing company. So her job is actually to plan out how stuff gets made. That's what she's paid to do. Unfortunately, as a project manager, she thinks, there's that bad word again, that she needs to project manage her life. In other words, in our even in our initial conversation, she knew there were one or two things that were more important to her than other things. For example, her work-life balance was more important than climbing, in her own words, the greasy pole of corporate life. But she's in the middle of corporate life at the moment. She's run ragged as a result of the projects that she is managing. She's run ragged as a result of the issues that often arise on the production lines that she's managing. Her work-life balance is suffering as a result. And she's saying to herself, well, that's what I'd really like, better work-life balance. She's also saying, by the way, that she might like a 
better, more satisfying job. But basically what she says to me in our first call is, I can't see how that could happen. She said, what I need to do is come up with a goal. And I suggested to her that she take some time to actually allow that come to the surface rather than figure it out, what we've been talking about for the last 15 minutes or so. And she said, then I need to put in place the how-to of it. I need to come up with a project plan. And I said to her, no, 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 that is not how the world works. And she said, of course it's how the world works. It's how my world works every day. And I asked her a very simple question. I'll ask you the same question. Because this girl is married with, with two children. She loves her husband. They have a wonderful relationship. They don't see each other as much as she'd like to. But I asked her, did she have a project plan to meet fall in love with and marry her husband. I was sincerely hoping, by the way, that the answer was no. And of course the answer was no, by virtue of the fact that we meet the most important people in our life who are at the time complete strangers, and things happen. We don't have a plan to meet somebody, tie them down, and make them love us back. That's not how the world actually works. And you think about it for a minute. You think about where you are in your life at the moment and think about the extent to which the good things in life that have happened to you up to now. Let's forget about the bad things. We're not going to revisit that nonsense. Think about the good things that have happened to you in life and think about how they happened. Where they as the result of not just meticulous planning but meticulous implementation of the plan in the way in which you planned it, or were they as a result of kind of things just happening? Random events. Very often people say to me, oh yeah, a series of random events kind of collided. People call them coincidences. Other people call them chance. A quantum physicist would call it something quite different, and a psychologist would call it synchronicity the synchronizing of things to enable us move in the direction that we expect to move. Now, I've deliberately phrased it that way because, again, I said this at the beginning of this episode and I'll say it again. Cognitive psychology and neuroscience know for a fact that we only perceive and achieve what we expect to perceive and achieve. Most people live down to their expectations. And most people, even when they go about setting their minds to achieve their goals because they think them through and therefore they are using their normal way of thinking, they live down to their expectations too. Because any goals you set for yourself using normal thinking are always goals that will shortchange you. Because your normal mind cannot imagine what you could achieve for the simple reason that your normal mind has been using thoughts that have told you again and again and again since you were young and impressionable, no, you can't do this, you can't do that, you're no good at this, you're no good at that. And that is why this whole episode is about setting yourself free from those thoughts by taking each day gently, slowly, by 
every morning, ensuring that you start the day in the way in which you would wish to continue it, through clearing your mind, through coming to your senses, through meditation, allowing your mind clear now by now, day by day, so that what you really, really want begins to come to the surface. And I'm telling you, what is best for you in your life, you really couldn't imagine. We're going to pick this up next week, because next week we're heading into the Christmas break. And you know what? The Christmas break will provide you with the kind of elbow room that you need to let some light bulb moments go off, to have some aha moments, to let things occur to you, to experience the pennies dropping. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www.willie-port.com.